This is your host of the Recruiters Recruitment Podcast. I'm Leisha Holmes, and I just wanted to say thank you for choosing to listen to our episode. Now, before we start, I would like to thank our sponsors, Hoxo Media and Vincere. I will explain a bit more about them later on in the episode as to how you, our listener, can benefit from a unique discount by mentioning the Recruiters Recruitment Podcast when you contact them. Now, remember to click subscribe as you're listening now to get notified of every new weekly episode of the Recruiters Recruitment Podcast. Without further ado, let's jump in to the episode. This is Leisha Holmes and I'm your host on the Recruiters Recruitment Podcast. And my next guest to you, our global audience, is somebody that I've been secretly following hashtag stalking on Instagram and over on LinkedIn as well. This is Nikki Martin and Nikki is a fitness guru and the founder of Nikki Martin Lifestyle and ex-recruiter. So to those who are not yet familiar with you, Nikki, welcome to our channels and I hope I I've introduced, have I introduced you properly? <laughs> well, you know, that that's an interesting one that you, you call me a fitness guru and I know you want to talk to me about how I transferred from uh, recruitment and, and into the business that I'm doing now. So I will expand on that more and whether you want me to do that now or later, that's up to you. <laughs> but for those who are watching on YouTube, we want to know who's this person, this little person sat next to you or this little thing sat next to you, this furball. Say hello, Rocky. Oh, hi, Rocky. Hi, everyone. He is absolutely gorgeous. And if you're listening on uh, on the podcast channels, which is my preferred way to listen back to podcasts, then you're missing out on an exceptionally cute little doggy. I think we'll have to get a photo of you, Rocky. Absolutely <laughs> responsible for getting me at least 90% of my customers that I talk to on Zoom. It's it's his charm that does it every time. <laughs> Exploitation of Rocky all the way. He looks very happy, <laughs> very settled. So no problem. And if you need to contribute in any way, Rocky, we don't mind at all. We're very dog friendly. So yes, you're absolutely right. I think that as an opener, I'm very curious to know how you went from being a successful recruiter to becoming a bit of a global phenomenon with your brand anyway, because you do have a massive following. So talk, talk us through that tran transition. Oh, it's crazy! It's crazy, really. I mean, I I worked in recruitment and sales for over twenty years. Um, some of that was running my own businesses. Some of that was, you know, working for established recruitment companies. Um, and it, it's taught me so much. It's been amazing, but it, it's not my. It's, I'm not passionate about it anymore. I think I lost that somewhere along the way. Um, and a few things happened. Um, I had a business with my ex-husband when I was about early 30s. Um, and when I got divorced, I ended up walking away from that business. So from there, I created my own healthcare recruitment company, which I ran successfully for about three or four years but when I tried to scale it it didn't work for various reasons which I can I can go into more um and then I thought you know because I'm a single mum um and that can be very challenging at times uh, their dad is not particularly helpful or particularly around um and I just at that point needed a bit of security so I went back into employment I did some recruitment again um only to get made redundant um over the pandemic 
um, twice. <laughs> um, and at that point, you know, I'm 43. I am so passionate about health and fitness. It's like a lifelong interest of mine. And I've got my own, you know, story and my own, own journey as to why it's so important to me. And I just thought, you know what, I've sod it. I've had all these ups and downs. And, you know, I'm just going to find what I love do what I love just commit to it and just see what the hell happens and it literally started off with me um sharing my own fitness journey and I, I also I, I'd done a diploma in social media marketing just kind of because it interested me and because I love writing content and that's just something I like doing so I thought during that time of furlough and everything I, I pursued that a lot more um, and as part of sharing you know as part of building my own personal brand you've got to share a bit about yourself so one yeah. of the things I was sharing a lot about um, was my fitness journey and before I knew it I was getting more inquiries about my fitness journey than I was about what I actually did at the time and it just was a natural progression um, and the misunderstanding and the common misconception that so many people make is that you have to be an expert in a subject or you have to be qualified in a subject or you have to know something inside out in order to do it in order to create a business so I am yes a lifelong dedicated interest in health and fitness um, I, I am now training to be a PT but when I started my health and fitness business I was not qualified whatsoever so that's why I say it's interesting when you call me a guru so my skill is in sales it's in marketing it's in building my personal brand it's you know I've been on LinkedIn a year and you can see how it's snowballed on there um and I've created the interest, I've created the community, I've found the like-minded people. And what I did was I started off by selling um, fitness programs and supplements uh, created by other people, but by world-class experts. Um, and I paid researchers to, you know, help me with not writing my content, but with the facts behind my content when it comes to, you know, scientific, the scientific side of health and fitness. Yeah. So I myself, I'm not a guru. What I'm good at is... Um, building a community, um, marketing myself, getting the word out there, talking to people, inspiring people, making other people feel motivated. That's what I do. And then I work with a team of experts who bring the expertise when it comes to health, fitness, nutrition, you know, the facts behind it all. So, you know, a, an assumption would be that I'm a fitness guru, but in actual fact, I'm probably more of a marketing guru. <laughs> oh, that, well, that was our starting point, because actually, you're absolutely right. And that's, I think, the misconception, isn't it, that you are a culmination yeah. of the people that you are sort of partnering with, I suppose, who are yeah. the gurus in their field, but that makes you the guru yeah. in, in bringing it all together. I love how... Yeah transparent you are there's so many things I want to pick up on there and I hope I remember them all um <laughs> first and foremost that you were you know you, you showed vulnerability there that you did try and grow your own business so I just want to sort of cover that first so you, you say that you you struggled why why was yeah, that so it's it a very kind of a very you know I've done I've, I've, I've worked in recruitment for so many years you know I worked for GI group I don't know if you you know them for 10 years and I started at ground level I was a consultant and then all the different levels of consultant and then a yeah. branch manager I was mm -hmm. a national 
business development manager. I did implementation. I did um, on-site accounts. I, I did all of it. Um, and then my story of my own business was very different to a traditional agency because I was divorced, having gone through a horrendous divorce that was still causing me constant trouble. And my kids were one and three at the time. I was not able to work full time. And we know recruiters, you work flipping hard. You know, that's not a job that you just put down at the end of the day. You know, when your candidate calls you, your client calls you, or you are working your ass off. Um, and much as I'm a hard worker, I couldn't do the traditional nine to five. Um, so what happened is when I was kind of rock bottom, really, um, and I my kid and I walked away from the business with my husband, and I literally it was almost impossible for me to work. He made it difficult for me to put the kids in childcare, anything like that. So I had to do something. I could fit around so I actually started doing care work myself and that was hard to believe um and everyone says god I can't imagine you doing that but I, I did I loved it and I found it really rewarding and I did it for a couple of years um and I cared for the elderly in the community and it was such there was such a huge 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 shortage of carers um and of course before you knew it they were asking me about well how, how would you recruit people and drawing from my experience so with five minutes later I was doing their recruitment for them and suddenly they had a stream of carers more than they'd ever had and you know and then other care companies started asking me and they were all asking me left right and centre how do we recruit how do we recruit and I thought I might as well just set up a business and I might as well just do it um so that's what I did and um I did that from home I fitted it around my kids I had a number of, of clients but they have no money and they were, were paying between 500 and a thousand pounds flat fee per carer now in order to recruit one carer you have to go through 40 applicants because they have to be most of them don't even show up to the first phone call. After that, they don't necessarily pass the DBS check. They don't necessarily pass the references. They don't necessarily turn up. Like the, the turnover is insane. It, it's hard and you have to be, you know, a really experienced hardcore recruiter. Perhaps you've worked on an industrial temp well, desk or something. Temp desk, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah that kind of speed so for me I could make you know I could probably recruit uh maybe a maximum of 50 carers per month okay and and get a, a 500 pound fee which is amazing and wonderful and great but it, it's first of all it's non-stop and and what I wanted what I what I then tried to do was create part-time roles for other mums like me um but when you're working with a £500 fee and you've got to pay a salary and some kind of commission per placement, if they can't recruit at the speed I can recruit and get through it like I can and have the highest success rate, then it doesn't work. And unfortunately, the people who can do that are the ones working in full-time jobs in recruitment offices, not the ones that want part-time hours at home. So scaling it just wasn't an option. Not an impossible. But you know, I love that, that you shared that that testimony so honestly. And you you told <laughs> about the fact that you've always been a sort of a fairly fit person, clearly in, in, in terms of nutrition. So you shared your own personal story. So you obviously, you know, you've got a young family and I didn't realise we both share in common that I'm a I call myself solo parent because yeah, that my daughter's father is um he moved to Spain in 2019 so he sees them once or twice a year at the most so yeah, we'll, have, we'll, we'll have to chat off camera about that 
Um, <laughs> in fact, so or anyone listening that is also a single or solo parent, we know how hard you work. You are. Oh, yeah. We are real life superheroes, aren't we? We really are. Absolutely. So bringing it back to the topic, which is for me, I am so passionate about well-being, and that means from a nutritional point of view, from a yeah. fitness point of view from a mental health point of view, why do you think, because you have been a recruiter, but it has definitely become something that more and more recruitment leaders now know. And if you're listening to this and you are not focusing on this, you are going to lose your staff focusing on this. Why do you think we're in this era of well-being part being so integral to the culture of, a, of any business book? I think, you know, I think it's just a result of, you know, we've gone through work, no work harder, no work later, no do more, no what more. And then we started to experience burnout, you know, a huge percentage of people and, and just shocking levels of productivity. So, you know, I was um, listening to some, once some um, self-development book or another um, and it was telling me some of the statistics of people who work in an office like nine till five every day so eight hours of work actually the level of productivity you're getting out of that person is only two hours actual work um, and, and there's so many factors that contribute to that you know just in our general day-to-day -day lives and we're getting distracted something like every three minutes and you know so many people are not passionate about what they're doing um and, and it all just comes back to actually if 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 someone can have a proper break um or work decent hours or be challenged for example to fit more work into lesser hours do a shorter working day and spend more time on their health and well-being the productivity levels increase hugely for the the company so you know statistics and research is showing this and and let's face it the company you know they're not it's not necessarily a big thing everyone's talking about because they really care so much about the individuals but it, it, they won't get the productivity if people don't look after themselves properly we found it so counterproductive for people to be sat at a desk and not yeah. take real meaningful breaks during the day i mean for me yeah. Today, this is a rarity that I'm not going out in the middle of the day for a walk. And I call it walking and working. Sometimes I'm on a call. Sometimes I'm, on, I'm listening to a podcast. Sometimes I'm listening yeah. to a radio programme. But yeah. I think to actually think encouraging a culture where you don't leave your desk. And I sent the email later than you and I'm on the phone earlier than you. Where you're not balancing that off with, I'm stopping to eat. I'm eating well. I'm resting. Yeah. What's wrong with resting during the day? Yeah, I, I do think well, that's a pivotal point of, and I think the pandemic shifted that seismically yeah. shifted it because we all looked at our mental well-being for once. We all took an interest in getting outdoors. You know, the fact that you could only go out for an hour a day. It, it was that was just for me the starting point. And so you're now positioned where, you know, you have got your own personal journey to share as as a testimony i guess so what are the things that you would recommend people listening whether you're a recruiter or a leader and you're thinking about in encouraging people to do that what are the things the cornerstones i guess of a healthy lifestyle whether it's looking at nutrition fitness and so on what would you say the cornerstones are we briefly interrupt this chat on the recruiters recruitment podcast to introduce to you our partnership with vincere the recruitment operating system Vincheri is the modern recruitment operating system for recruitment and staffing agencies around the globe. A single tech platform that unifies your CRM, your ATS, your website, candidate and client portals, 
shift scheduler, timesheets, data and analytics, and now including video interviewing and outreach all under one roof. This is the reason the Recruiters Recruitment Podcast chose to partner with Vincheri because we want to make the job of a modern recruiter as simple as possible. So if you're looking for a new recruitment CRM to manage your entire operation, visit vincheri.io and remember to mention the Recruiters Recruitment Podcast. Now, back to the chat. Um, the thing is, I, I just think that so many people sort of think that they haven't got time for it. It's not a priority. Um, but what those people need to do is really look at what they do feel they have time for and what they do feel is a priority. And if that is work or if that is family or if that is whatever it is, you cannot give your best to that unless you focus on your health and your well-being as well. And, and my own you know, personal story, yes, I've always been obsessed with health and well-being. And yes, I've been told so many times over the years, you know, how important it is to, you know, to feel good and be your best self. But believe it or not, all I ever cared about through those years of being obsessed was being skinny, looking the part. And what that actually led to, even though I would declare myself interested in health and fitness, actually, I was following every fad diet going. Um, and then every time I reached my target weight I would binge ridiculously and I was in a cycle of doing that and I would deprive myself um, and I would feel hungry I would feel weak I would have poor concentration um, and for me I when I was about sort of late 30s I think I I, I went to a personal trainer um, and I found a love for weightlifting, like a real love for it. And that was the first time that I really realized I couldn't do certain things if I didn't nourish my body properly. Um, and somewhere along that line, I allowed myself to eat more. I focused more on you know, the right things that were gonna give me the best performance. And for the first time in my life, I stopped thinking, must be skinny, must be skinny, must be skinny, and actually cared more about how I felt and what my performance was like. And I'm not just talking about the performance in that exercise, I'm talking about how that reflected into the rest of my life. And I could concentrate on things better and I could give my best to my job better and you know, all of those things. And that was the point my life, you know, really, really turned around. So it, it, it's hard to get your brain, brain to click how it can impact everything else in your life. But it is the, it's the beginning of anything that you want to achieve. Whatever your goals are in life, whatever you want to do, you've got to start by looking after yourself because you're the only person that can achieve those goals. And if you're not in your, your best state, you're not going to achieve your best in work, in family, in, in life, in fitness, in, in anything, you know? And also who wants to turn 40 and fit or 50 or sit and go downhill and lose energy and, you know, not be living a quality life. But like why would anyone just accept that? Like, don't, you can feel at your absolute best in your forties and, and, and onwards, mm -hmm. you know? Yeah, I totally, as someone who's heading towards, well, late for, I'm 48 in May. Yeah. Um, I've never felt fitter and I, I want to pick up on a word here which is lifestyle and so yeah. miss this when it whether I mean I talk a lot about sobriety because I've been sober yeah. for five years and I think people think it's 
you just don't drink it doesn't mean that it's everything encompasses everything and I think you've made so many important points there that are so simple to achieve but it's having that mindset that this isn't about going well you know I haven't got time to go to the gym I'm a single parent I can't afford a gym I can't I haven't got time yeah. you, you will make something work for you that becomes part of your daily habit just as much as brushing your teeth and going to bed yeah. so mine do you know what I do and I do this every single day and I've done it now for about four or five years before I go to sleep I remove my fluffy rug by the side of the bed and I put down my exercise mat and I lay out my weight yeah. Because then I'm accountable to that mat. I have to step over it. I go to the toilet first. Every yeah. single morning, no matter how bleary I'm going to think, oh, half, half five, I set my alarm. So yeah. even a single solo parent running a business, I get up half an hour early than I need to. So I can yeah. have enough time to fit in Wordle before my workout, get my brain working. Yeah. And I do 10, 15, 20 minute hit, depending on my energy level. And I always finish with a kettlebell. And I yeah. do it every single day. And that's it. And then it sets me up for the day. Now, if I, I always say to people that, that struggle with achieving this lifestyle mindset, that it's about making it happen for your life, yeah, it is, whether it's a run, a swim. And I think it's so easy for recruiters listening. You know, we work long hours. You're absolutely right. And it's even harder now if you're working hybrid or working from home permanently to try and make it work. But to me, it's so counterintuitive to think that you can't, put this into your life in whatever way works for you yeah and, and I love a point that you brought up there about the routine and the habit because that that is literally everything you know in the same way you brush your teeth in the morning or you automatically go downstairs and you put the kettle on if you make it automatic and make it a habit you're gonna start doing these things without you know sometimes you drive somewhere and you don't remember how you got there and you've literally done it on autopilot that is true that's a habit you know something that you do and and you just do it automatically without even thinking it and, and you might think well oh I don't want to get up 15 minutes earlier or you know I could never just automatically work out first thing in the morning actually yes you could like all you have to do you know to form a habit it takes between like sort of 30 and 60 days depending on what it is you know for example I quit sugar um at one point and um because I was I was super sweet tooth, like ridiculous. It was a drug to me, like ridiculously addicted. Yeah, so I quit, and um, I so I thought I know, you know, thirty days I know, and and I literally every day wrote on my hand day one, day two, day, and when it was hard, I'd remind myself, okay, it's day. 14 but if I could just get to day 30 it won't be this hard and it was like a smaller shorter term goal um, and you know what by that time I got to about day 22 my cravings went and I stopped thinking about it I stopped obsessing about it you know and the other and it's the same if you if you know I said to myself I'm gonna you know exercise every day at least five days per week um you don't have to do an hour it doesn't you know it doesn't matter you my one of my favorite programs that I'm doing at the moment is 20 minutes a day five days a week if you think you can't get results from that or that can't change your life 
you're completely wrong. And anyone has got 20 minutes, 20 minutes, you can get up 20 minutes earlier. Or if you're a night owl, you can go to bed 20 minutes later. Like you can find that you scroll your social media for 20 minutes. You chat at the coffee machine for 20 minutes to someone, you know, you can, you can find 20 minutes. You can make it a habit and rather than thinking that's going to make you tired no that's going to energize you for your day and you're going to be more productive and you are going to smash the sales and you are going to place a million candidates and get a million interviews and that it's will transform physical. it's physical benefit but it's also the mental yeah. benefit. you feel yeah. think about how you feel when you've done a workout and I just yeah. want you have a caveat with your 20 minute program five days a week in that you can't expect results if you're still eating pizza and pie. Yeah. You balance it with good nutrition. I'm assuming that's your caveat. Yeah, yeah. I mean, absolutely. So, you know, I I but I, I don't I do stick to kind of an 80-20 rule, you know. If I if I wanna have a I mean, I'm not a big drinker, but if I want to go somewhere and have a glass of something, I will. If I if the kids want to have a takeaway and I want to have a slice of pizza, I will. You know, if I want to I, I, I do eat sugar again now in very small amounts. If I want to have a sweet or something, I will. But it's 80-20, like at least 80% of the time I'm eating whole foods I'm home cooking and again don't say you don't have time for that because you can batch cook and have your whole week's food ready in the freezer and that's that's still home cooked food you know um it doesn't have to be complicated it can be really really super simple and you know if you're grabbing food on the go you can make healthy choices then as well um and the more you change what you're eating, the more you start to crave the healthier things. So. I find that bonkers out when people, obviously, a lot of people have been, you know, had this later strain of COVID where it's about, basically, you know, it's like a bad cold for, for a lot of people. And yeah. I crave, if I'm not well, I crave, you know, soups and stews and chilies yeah. and, you yeah. know, Thai curries and, you know, but one of the simplest things you can make yourself is an omelette, put mushrooms, yeah. tomatoes in. You know, that's fast food going. To me, that is because yeah. you can make an omelette in two minutes. And yeah. you're, you're so full from it. And I think it is, again, it's about retraining your brain, about what your body craves. I pre-sobriety, pre or even maybe going back further than that, my entire diet was focused around, you know, sandwiches, jacket potatoes, very, yeah. what I thought was quick, easy food. And then yeah. when to get fit, and this, I thought, if I'm putting in this effort, and I, I started out with Joe Wicks, to be honest with you, and it, it yeah. you know, great starting point absolutely 20 minutes five times a week that's it but walking you know walking a lot and actually it's funny how you then think I'm not sure I want to put that in my body knowing that I'm working hard to get fit but never compromising on ever being hungry I think you made that point earlier on never feeling hungry never feeling like I'm deprived of myself if I want some chocolate I mean I do you know children I have got treats in the house but I try and buy dark chocolate or the you know the the, eight percent cocoa or a chocolate yogurt you know the alpro yogurt there are so many solutions to what you crave but don't deprive your body because you're good it's just simple swaps isn't it small changes that have a big impact even like you know having turkey bacon instead of normal bacon or grilling it instead of frying it just all those little changes they add up but the one thing i will say that everyone i know who has successfully lost weight 
or not that might not even be your goal your goal might be to gain weight or just yep. to change your you know your your tone um but everyone i know who's been successful has at some point clicked and learned the lesson that you do not deprive yourself like you don't go hungry to lose weight you can be in a calorie deficit to lose weight yes but you can eat healthy food whenever you're hungry you know and you can and even being in a deficit by two or three hundred calories is enough for you to lose weight and the more exercise you introduce the bigger your calorie deficit without you having to eat less fad diets do not work you have to find something sustainable you have to you have to find something you know and you, people might not want to hear this but you have to find something you can do for the rest of your life there's no point just doing a quick little fad diet losing the weight and then the second you stop it and you go back to your old habits why is you, anything you've been never done it you said that earlier on and you know what let can yeah. we just say a very important word here an enjoyable way to be healthy yeah. And an yeah, way to look good, whether it's about weight loss, whether it's about weight gain, whether it's about muscle, whether it's about being yeah, whatever your goals. It's yeah. about feeling. This is why the well-being aspect. So I love everything you said because this is you know we've made that very personal. So let let's bring it back to our audience. So for for those who are running recruitment teams, leaders yeah. of recruitment teams, you know what yeah. can they do to elevate their cultures because these are the things that actually gen z and beyond are going to look at because it's about mental yeah. health you know we, we know that yeah. they're going to things like diversity and inclusion all that but actually well-being yeah. how do you look after your staff yeah. would be a, one of the questions that people will ask yeah. you what, what yeah. do you do right now okay so i just wanted to break away from the chat for 60 seconds to talk to you about an issue a lot of agencies are facing right now and what one company hoxo media are doing about it there's a lot of talk about what it takes to be the quote unquote modern recruiter, personal branding, building an online presence, finding new and innovative ways to engage the market, whatever your market is. It's an approach most businesses are fumbling around with at the moment, to be honest. Meanwhile, Hoxo have absolutely nailed it. They are arguably the world's foremost marketing agency dedicated exclusively to the recruitment sector. And they've worked out what recruiters need to do to see tangible success through online activity. They've developed a proven methodology to follow on LinkedIn daily to establish you, you, as the go-to recruiter in your space and drive inbound leads and new business opportunities on a consistent basis. Now, they teach it all to you over an eight-week course in the Hoxo Academy. I actually completed the Hoxo Academy in the very height of covid and it completely transformed my business. In fact, it paid for itself by the end of week two. The best place to find out more about Hoxo Media is to check out their website, hoxomedia.com, or search for them on LinkedIn and give them a follow. They give away an absolute ton of valuable advice and actionable tips for free. But if and when you're ready to seriously invest in your online brand, give these guys a shout. But make sure to tell them that Leisha from Key Recruitment sent you and just quote the podcast, the Recruiters Recruitment Podcast, and they'll give you a cheeky discount as well. Not bad, eh? Now, back to the chat. 
So basically, one thing that I'm really conscious of in recruitment is a, a particular industry I noticed this in. What, one of the things they put in all their job descriptions is like, yeah, we've got a pool table in the office or yeah, we've got a beer fridge or yeah, you know, you can, you can play computer games in the office. How many companies actually say, yeah, you can do an online workout in, the room, in that room on your lunch break? Like that, you could offer, any company could offer that so easily and so cheaply. I would sell that to a company for £160 a year, that's it, and then they could have an online library of 1,500 workouts available for their staff to do before work, wow. at lunchtime and after work, and that would also, um, and then that would also include keeping healthy snacks at work so instead of what or as well as offering beer and wine and whatever else you've got in that fridge what about some protein shakes what about some protein bars what about some you know superfood health shakes and supplements and that's what I do with a lot of companies for a, a ridiculously low price I that's what I'll provide to the company and then they've got that available they can offer that to their staff you can have healthy snacks at work you can have protein shakes at work you can have superfood shakes at work and you can do workouts in your lunch break with your colleagues and you can do that all under the company login wow that's so, not that, I mean that gosh you know you might need to rethink your pricing strategy Nikki but that's <laughs> conversation. And it's so simple what you've just said and actually I'm thinking yeah. of my clients up here in in the northwest and I can think of many off the top of my head who do they do things like boot camps together it's real team building you know they yeah. have a policy they encourage people to go to the gym um, and actually they do have a blend but there are also still a lot of companies where it isn't necessarily focused on that so these are easy changes for people to so make. Easy. I, I used to work for a company that used to host fitness classes at lunchtime and you know I get it that it might be you know a hassle or expensive or you know to bring a trainer in at lunchtime but if you've just got an online library of workouts and a few of you decide to go and do a workout together in your lunch break in an allocated space mm. I mean you know what i think it's brilliant it's, it's a no-brainer really good you've been a you've been sorry sorry Nikki. that's all right it just that my connection went a bit funny um i was just gonna say you know it, it, there's so much these days everyone is talking about mental health everyone is talking about well well-being in general but no one all of a sudden is talking about physical health and physical health is so closely linked to mental health there's no point having you know counsellors at work and all these policies to look after someone's mental health if you're not going to offer them help looking after their physical health because 90 percent of people with mental health problems are could be improved with physical exercise so you know both problems can help each other for a very simple very affordable and an easy concept you it's know holistic, it's a holistic approach and that's why I wanted yeah. to invite you on because to me that's what your brand demonstrates to me it's not polarizing one thing it's saying all of these things combined will yeah. support you no, neither one is going to knock the other one off. We can still do all right. the things. And to leaders listening, you can still continue with your mental health strategy and your programs and, yeah. you know, all the, the welfare of your, of your people from a well-being point of view. But actually, think, let's think about doing physical things. Let's think about nutrition, yeah. what we're putting in our offices. 
before I let you go, and I don't know where Rocky's gone, but he he can stay stay on the sofa or wherever. He's gone gone to sleep on the other sofa. Actually, <laughs> he's got bored and deserted us. <laughs> We've probably lost a few viewers. <laughs> Fine, we we saw him at the start. People can rewind back and watch him again. If you could delete one thing from social yeah. media from life, what would it be? Do you know what? When you sent me that question, I did think about it, and I, it's not that I would delete anything. It's more what I'd add at an earlier age or what I'd change. So, you know, I mean, this is a whole other subject for a whole other podcast, but we we are not taught in school, you know, about, we're taught to be employees. We're not taught to be entrepreneurs. You know, we, we're not taught um, about financial well-being. We're not taught how to invest. We're not taught what to do with our money. And we are the sum of the people around us so if our parents are employees and our and our friends are in a nine till five and you know maybe some people set save money but no one invests it everyone thinks that buying a house with a huge mortgage is mortgage is an asset whereas actually it's not it's a liability you know we we don't know any of that there's that is not offered to us voluntarily the only way we find that out is by researching that ourselves and learning about it and in all honesty a lot of that stuff has not come to my attention until my later years until going through my divorce until being a struggling single mum at rock bottom um, and I, I wish that I could tell my childhood self to research all of that like put 20% of your money in investments from the very first day you start work and even if you're an employee for your whole life you could retire with millions if you do that millions and if you don't realize that shit until you're our age right. you can you know, the, the second best time to start is now, but hell, I wish I started when I was 20. So that's the that's the only thing I can think of. I watch lyrical about that all the time. By the way, is your house still standing given that your puppy's just trying to destroy it? <laughs> he, you know what he's done? The postman's just put something through the door. He's gone and taken it and run outside with it. So I hope it's not an important letter. He, he's in the garden ripping it up. <laughs> if you're still listening and that, that sound didn't put you off, thank you for listening. No, everything that you've just said there is exactly what I would say if someone posed me the same question, because I actually do sort of speak to the educators of my daughter's secondary schools about it. You know, why are they not learning? They, they don't talk about LinkedIn. They don't talk about personal branding. They don't okay. talk about pension, mortgages. They don't understand any of this. And they learn that because I'm going to teach it them. But why? I, I totally agree with you said that. So I think that we should stand for Parliament and make yeah. it <laughs> um, run the world. <laughs> I'll let you go and rescue your parcel. Nikki, you as I knew you would be, we'll probably be able to talk for another two hours yet, but <laughs> we, we know that recruiters like to drop in and listen to this in a distinct way. So thank you so much for joining us and good luck with everything. And we you are so welcome. Love you being on the recruiters recruitment podcast. Today. Oh, it's been a pleasure. Thank you so much for having me. You're welcome.